And then we also provide what we call transition services. That's another program that offers additional resources for our families, such as getting them set up with bus passes or assisting them with finding employment, housing, uh, typically whatever it is that they need to have their child reunified with them. So all of that is great because I feel like regardless of what the need is for a family, youth villages can support in some way. It started in May of 1988 when the U.S. government made a proclamation that May is Foster Care Awareness Month. Every child deserves to reach their full potential. At Youth Villages, they believe a stable family and a strong support system can help any child. Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint on Bot Radio Network. From our Memphis studio, I'm Byron Tyler. So glad, friend, you stopped by. Andresia Gibbs is with Youth Villages, and she's the regional manager there. And she stops by to talk about this special month in May, foster care awareness. Andresia, welcome to the program. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing well. Now, how big is the need for foster care parents in the Memphis area? So right now, the need is very, very great um, and large because uh, there's currently about 4,000 youth who are in need of a foster home across the state of Tennessee. Wow. Um, So right now we are recruiting foster parents. We are looking for foster parents who are willing to give back and willing to provide a safe place for our youth, um, especially our teens. Yes. And how long have you been associated with Youth Villages? A little over 10 years. Really? Yes. Oh, my goodness. It's a great organization, I know. I mean, you've got over 3,000 staff, not only here in Memphis, but some of the 100 locations where you serve. And of course, as a small boy, I remember going to... Boys Town, you know, which which is kind of, you know, the beginnings of how it merged and became this great organization. But they always had a a carnival out at Boys Town. You know, we'd go out and my parents would take me out as a small kid and enjoy. And I guess as a child, I I wasn't aware of all that was happening, you know, there. And I know so much more over the years is happening because the needs have gotten greater too, right? Yes, that's correct. Well, what excites you most about the work that you get to do at Youth Villages? For me, it would be the success stories. Um, I really enjoy witnessing a family um, be reunited, um, as well as adoptions. You know, we have foster youth who enter our care um, and they receive our services. And sometimes, unfortunately, they are not able to return back home to reunite with their family. And Youth Villages, we also offer those adoption services right. so that that youth can potentially still have a forever home. So, yes. yeah, the adoption success stories are just amazing to be a part of, as well as the work that we do all, all around. I mean, just giving back and being able to provide resources and homes for our youth in the community is just amazing. Andresia, when you look at the issue of foster care, what concerns you the most? For me, it would be the amount of youth who age out of foster care. Um, Right now, the average is around 40 percent of youth who are either homeless or just age out of care without um, a forever home or without a loving family to return to. Yes. I came across these stats that were so heartbreaking. Over 420,000 children and youth are already in the foster care system. 90% of these children will experience severe trauma. About 50% will reunite with their biological families. 25% will attempt suicide. Now, that's just for those who are still in the system. You talked about those who 
age out. For the 23,000 young adults who age out each year, 81% of young men will become incarcerated. 71% of young women will be pregnant before their 21st birthday, with half their children destined to be placed in the foster care system themselves. 40% will be homeless within 18 months. 97% of these young adults will immediately enter chronic poverty. Oh my goodness. Andresia, this is heartbreaking. It is. And so I can see why this would be such a concern for you. Now, I know that you guys are doing so much in this issue. And really, the program here at Youth Villages is really a leader you know, among many in foster care across this nation. Uh, what are the keys to helping 36,000 children with behavioral and emotional challenges in their families each year? Because that's the number that you guys help. So what are some of those challenges? So oftentimes when a youth is removed from their biological family, they experience trauma behind that. Uh, some of them experience emotional issues or even behavioral issues. So uh, Youth Village is one thing that we pride ourselves in. In foster care, we offer those therapeutic services. So what that means is we're in our homes on a weekly basis. We are checking in with our youth, with our foster families. We are providing additional services for them to help them cope with the trauma and the overall experience of being in foster right, care. Right. So uh, I think that's very helpful and a necessity yes. for our uh, population that we serve. You know, I was reading some reports on foster care, and one of the items that was mentioned was mentorship, mm-hmm. which was important. Are you guys involved with that, mentorship? Yes. Youth Village also has a mentoring program and that's another need. So if there's anybody interested in wanting to mentor, you can always reach out to us on our website at youthvillages.org, fill out a form and we'll be in contact so that we can increase our number of mentors, especially for our teens. Yes. Andresia, how hard is it to find foster homes for teens and sibling groups? Yes. Those are two categories right there that, I mean, each one can stand alone, right? Absolutely. That is our biggest need currently. Um, Our sibling groups and our teens. Uh, We need more homes. We need more support for this age group. Mm. Um, And I think the reason why the I guess families are a little bit concerned about fostering teens is just due to misunderstanding. I think most people believe that teens who are in care, especially for a length of time, struggle too much or they have too many um, emotional or behavioral issues. And that might be true for some. However, it's not true for all. So we need parents. Um, We will work with our parents to provide resources, training, support so that they have the skills necessary to care for a teenager. Yes. What do you see as some of the rewards for a foster parent willingly to open their home to teens and you know, sibling groups? Because I know there's rewards. So what do you see as some of those rewards? As far as rewards, I would say because it is one of the biggest challenges, I can only imagine how great that would feel for a foster parent to open their home up mm. for a, an at-risk teen and actually be successful. And it actually reminds me of one of our recent adoption success stories. Um, Tell me about it. Yeah. So, and this is how we kicked off our uh, Foster Care Awareness Month. We actually had a uh, 17-year-old who entered our program. This youth had been around throughout Youth Villages for a total of about seven years. Mm -hmm. She moved throughout the state in various programs within our organization, and she recently was able to stabilize and step down into our foster care program. 
program. And at 17 years old, she had a family to commit to her. And after seven years of being in state custody and throughout our facilities, she was adopted on May 9th. So that is why we do what we do. Oh, Andresio, what a beautiful story. I literally have tears in my eyes right now. We're on the radio just thinking about that because, I mean, you could literally change the trajectory of a youth who has gone through much trauma in their life with insecure instableness in their biological home, having to be in foster care, waiting to get into a home. And then just the last couple of years could make a difference Mm -hmm. to change their life, right? Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. It's so wonderful. Talk about for a second, too, if you would, how important it is to keep sibling groups together, if all possible. I know you guys work hard to do that. Sibling groups. So just talking about the or when you think about the actual challenges or trauma that already comes with being removed from a biological family and into foster care. Um, The last thing a child would want is to be separated from the family that they have left that's with them. So if at all possible, we try our best to keep these siblings together. Um, But sometimes it's challenging because uh, for various reasons, a foster home may not be suitable for more than one placement or more than two. So this is why the need is great for for siblings um, as far as foster homes. We need more foster parents who have the space and who are able uh, to work with more than one youth, especially those sibling groups. And when you talk about space, I mean, you guys want to assure that these homes, each child has a bed. Absolutely, They're not going to yes. sleep on a, a sleeping bag on the floor. I mean, you want to make sure they have the right accommodations, right? Yes, we want to provide a safe, comfortable environment for them. Well, you just shared a wonderful success story of a teen being foster care and then adopted. Mm-hmm. What about success story for siblings? You know, yes. I, and, and I've actually had in my studio a family from Youth Village. It's been a few years ago. I can't remember their name, but... They had adopted a couple of children and found out that they had some siblings they weren't aware yes. of. And then I think there was a total of five. And they, they brought them all in and they came into the studio. And we got to meet them. They were wonderful. And the family was just so beautiful. Yes, that's awesome. Five is, is quite the number. So <laughs> yeah. that is a success story. Um, actually, today we have a, an adoption finalization for a sibling set of three. OK. Um, they are younger. Uh, they entered our custody right at. Uh, maybe nine months to a year old, and they have been with us for about three to four years, and mm. they'll be adopted today. So that's another example of keeping a sibling set together and how important that is, and that it's possible to have a home to accommodate this sibling set, and they could still have the potential to be in a forever home and be together at the yes. same time. Wow, I love that. That's a great, great story there. Well, how does Youth Villages typically connect with parents that want to become foster parents? I mean, yes. how do you find, I mean, we're on the radio now, obviously, and we <laughs> yeah. want all you potential foster parents to call for you villages. We recruit. So if you are in the city of Memphis, for one, you've probably seen our signs that says, hey, if you'd like to foster, contact us. But one way that you can do that is by dialing one eight 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 my yv kid That is one option. Or you could contact us at youthvillages.org uh, backslash foster and complete the 
inquiry form. And once you fill out that form with your information, one of our recruiters will call you and talk about the process to go ahead and get you started for training. Okay, so let's get kind of maybe run down those basic qualifications. Because yeah. I know not everybody's going to qualify to be a foster care parent with youth villages. So as far as the qualifications, if you are male, female, single, married, at the age of 25, over the age of 25, and you can provide a love and safe space, you would likely qualify to be a foster parent. So the qualifications are not that many requirements. I know some folks are wondering about the cost involved. You know, Mm -hmm. what does it take for me to bring an extra child into my home? You know, I mean, financially, what what are we looking at? So, of course, with caring for a child, uh, there are responsibilities to meet the basic needs, which will require some sort of financial stability for our foster parents. But one of the things that we do to support our parents is uh, we offer reimbursement typically on a monthly basis to offset the costs for some of those expenses that may be a part of caring for a kid. So we do support our parents in that way. Does Youth Villages accept parents to become foster care homes who maybe already have biological children living in their homes? Yes. If they have the space, then they could still qualify to be a foster parent, although they have biological children. Now, would you have to interview those biological children, too, to, I mean, to get the feel for the whole family? Yes. So typically we would complete um, what we call a home study and we would go out to the homes. We would do a clinical interview of the family, any other members of the family. That's how we would get a feel of who they are, why they do what they do and what type of youth would be a best, a better fit for that particular family. Okay, that's good. Andresia, are foster parents informed of a child's history, such as past sexual abuse, before the child is placed into the home? Absolutely. We provide all information that we receive in our referrals. So the family is provided with that information so that they can make an informed decision around, is this child best for my home or should we be looking at other homes that may work better with that type of youth with certain behaviors or needs? And how does Youth Villages assist a foster care parent supporting a child that has been either sexually or physically abused living in their home? Yes, we provide those therapies services to our youth. We come out weekly to conduct those individual sessions. We complete various assessment tools to identify what type of services that youth would need to be successful. And from there, we work to identify additional resources and provide that support that's needed. Also, I know this is an area that Youth Villages wants to be successful and tries, and that is reuniting children with their biological parents and family. And what ways does Youth Villages do that? What's the process? Once a child is, say, in a a foster care home, how are you working with the biological parents in addition Mm -hmm. to see that that relationship could be restored? Yes, that is also a part of what we do. Our number one goal is reunification. So typically, when a youth enters one of our homes, uh, we reach out and connect with the biological family right away. We assess what goals, parental goals, they are needing to meet to have their child back as far as reunification. Once we assess those goals, we work out a plan with that parent to meet those goals. We meet with them at least bi-weekly. We make sure that the family 
and the youth are having visits. So visitation is important. And then we also provide what we call transition services. That's another program that offers additional resources for our families, such as getting them set up with bus passes or assisting them with finding employment, housing, uh, typically whatever it is that they need to have their child reunify with them. So all of that is great because I feel like regardless of what the need is for a family, youth villages can support in some way. Wow. You guys are great what you do. You've been doing it for so long. You got a track record. You know what you're doing. (laughs) So yeah, youth villages is the the way to go if you want to become a foster care home and family. How often does adoption result in foster parenting? So on average, we finalize at least 25 adoptions annually in Memphis. Really? Yes. So this fiscal year, we're almost at our 25th adoption. So that's typically our average on an annual basis. Now, does somebody come to you, Phil, just saying, hey, I want to adopt? Or do you have to go through the foster care parenting process first and show what you can do there before you start the adoption process? Yes. The first step in adopting is fostering. We want our parents to have some sort of experience. And then also, most youth have to reside in a home for at least six months before they could qualify for adoption if that is a permanency goal. Say right now we've got 10 families out there listening and they're ready to be a foster care parent. What should they do? What's their first step? The first step, dial one my kid and we will get you set up right away. Or you can reach us at youthvillages.org backslash foster. And Andresia, what about the training? I know there's extensive training. What's that look like? What are some of the courses or information that foster care parents are going to be receiving? And how long is the classes? Yes. Uh, so the training courses typically last about between six to eight months, and that includes the full certification process. Some of the things that we target in our training is, one, exposing our families to the type of youth that we care for. So providing trauma education, um, really talking about what the needs are for this type of population, the type of home environment that would be suitable. So we work with our families, we do role plays, we answer questions, we provide all sorts of resources so that our families will have the tools that's needed to foster. And I'm assuming extensive background check is part of that also. Well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's probably the you first. have to pass the background but, check. You know, I didn't realize that the training was six months. I mean, it's not a whole long time, but when you think about it, you guys are being very intentional with this. Yes. And you mentioned the type of youths that you're helping prepare foster care parents that they might potentially be receiving it into their homes. Can you just share maybe some of those type of youth that you guys serve? Some mm-hmm. of the, maybe the type of behaviors and things that you deal with that you're looking for homes for? Yes. So oftentimes we have youth who may need additional assistance in school. They may have come from a home that really didn't prioritize education and they may be behind academically. So we do spend a lot of time working with their school or their academic teachers to identify 
what needs they have educationally. And we work with them in our weekly sessions to ensure that they are doing their homework, that they are excelling in school or that they have the resources needed to be successful and increase their academic performance. Right. Okay, let's kind of run down maybe a typical day. Say in the school year, you got school-age children, six o'clock, the alarm, you know, goes off in the home. It's time to start waking up and get going. Kind of run through what a day might look like. So it wouldn't look too much different from a typical day with your own child, with their biological child. You would wake up, get ready, do your hygiene, get ready to start the day, eat some good breakfast. We need to feed our youth, of course, (laughs) so that they can have a good start of the day. And then typically they would head off to school. They would go to school just like any other normal, regular, non-foster youth. They would attend school. They would come home from school, maybe tackle some homework, eat a snack. Depending on the day, they may be able to meet me with their uh, YB counselor, have a session, talk about their day, talk about, you know, what's going on. After that, dinner, then maybe bedtime, okay. a game or something, and that's it. So the typical day is pretty much the same as any other typical day for you're basically a good child. Just, you're basically just doing life with these children. Yes. Yeah, that's so important too. So they can find that stability. So what about summertime? We're getting ready to move into the summertime when school's out. Kids are enjoying that break. What do you programs or what do you offer youth village children that are being fostered in these homes? Are there programs or activities, camps that they yes. can go to? Yes. So right now, actually, we have two camps here in the Memphis area that we were, we are working with as far as partnership to provide opportunities for some of our foster youth to attend camps. So this will be free of charge. We receive funding to cover those expenses. um, And the camp is typically throughout the summer so they can be able to engage with other youth in the community, be a part of different activities that will be going on in the summer and just overall creating that normalcy for them and keeping them busy and engaged. Oh, I love that. But let me say this too to our Bot Radio Network listeners. You know, you might not be in a place right now where you can provide, you know, a foster home for the children. But as Andresia just said, these camps need support. So you could sponsor a child, couldn't you? Could you call youth villages or contact you and contribute some money and say, I want to help support children going to the camps this summer. That would be important, right? Absolutely. We love donations. We love our community members and partners who partner with us and who want to give back in that way because it's beneficial, not only for foster care, but our various programs as well. Now, when we talk about sibling groups and uh, providing a home for sibling groups, does someone have to become a foster care parent to a single child first before they would open their home up to a sibling group? Or is that just another way you try to uh, do your checking and make sure that that home's ready for a sibling group? Well, not necessarily. Um, You don't have to be fostering for a length of time or have experience fostering a certain amount of youth to be eligible to foster a sibling group. A lot of the times what we do is we assess the family strengths and the type of or preference that they have as far as the type of of youth that they would like to work with. And if they are interested in siblings, we work with them to support, provide any resources and help them get a sibling group at some point. So it's not really um, a certain qualification for that. How soon after my training can I expect to receive my first child or sibling group into my home? <laughs> you know what? That could vary from one day to several days. It literally just depends on our referrals. And we 
most times receive referrals week. So yeah. yeah, it could be as soon as a day or maybe a couple weeks. <laughs> just depends. You could maybe when you go home in the afternoon, there might be. <laughs> so you have to be ready. <laughs> like ready. hey, we have a, a youth who's so, needing a home. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, Andresio, our time is kind of slipping away here. we got to wrap up as we talk about foster care. Awareness Month, we are making people aware, aren't we? Absolutely, yes. They they can't (laughs) say, I don't know about foster care now, because we're making it happen with Youth Villages and our listeners. We want to go back over some details about becoming a foster care parent to call that number, right? What's the number or the contact? It's 1-888-MY-YV-KID. Okay, so call that number, and that starts the process. So once you call and you get the application started, and then I guess the background check's done, and if that everything goes well, then you can be put into a, a class. How often do your classes run for the training? They're typically weekly. Um, it depends on how many inquiries we, we've received and how many parents that we have in need of classes to be starting. So, um, yeah, it depends. And we are able to get those classes started and uh, modify our schedules as needed. Okay. Now, I really like when you share the success stories. Mm-hmm. Do you have any more in your bag you could open up and share with us, maybe a, one or two that come to mind? Yeah, I actually have uh, one that is really significant for me, uh, pretty much similar to the 17-year-old female that I spoke about. This particular family, they reached out, they expressed interest in wanting to foster. Um, They went through certification, did the classes. After certification, they actually were called for a uh, residential youth who was um, in need of a home and was ready and eligible to step down from our residential treatment facility into a foster home. Um, Although this family was new to fostering, they accepted this placement. And right now, this youth is adopted Still doing well. And not only did did they adopt this particular youth um, with a significant history um, and background in regards to treatment, they also adopted a second youth (laughs) from the same residential facility. And they're both still successful, doing well. They're teens. Wow. And this was a brand new foster family. Like they had just started <laughs> and didn't have any experience. But with our support, they were able to be successful and they're still successful today. Andresia, I love that. That is a wonderful what Youth Villages is doing. Friends, please reach out to Youth Villages. Call one eight 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 my YV Kid one eight 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 my YV Kid. You can also follow Youth Villages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Youth Villages. Go to the website youthvillages.org/foster, and you can learn about everything that Youth Villages is doing and how you can be part of changing the trajectory of a young child's life or a teenager, a sibling group's yes. life. <laughs> You're so needed. Andresia Gibbs, thank you so much for coming by and tell, telling us all about Foster Care Awareness Month here in May. Yes, I enjoyed speaking with you, and I hope that we receive lots of inquiries yeah. <laughs> um, from this today. I do, too. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs> listening to Mid-South Viewpoint. The show is archived for on-demand listening on our website at botradionetwork.com or via your favorite podcast platform. 
like Spotify and iTunes. Some of our shows have video as well and can be viewed on YouTube at Byron Tyler Radio. Stay tuned to Bot Radio Network to fill your day with God's Word.